Avast, ye, and welcome to the Gay Pirate Podcast, where two queer IRL pirates talk about our flag means death, one episode at a time. I am Lark Malachi Gray, and I'm a wooden demon boy who thirsts for life. <laughs> and I am Jesse Blount, and we eat, but how often do we taste? The real questions. <laughs> uh so before we get into it, just a reminder that every episode of our podcast is longer on Patreon. So if you like what you hear, uh, consider joining us there. Our patrons are the reason that we're able to make podcasts at all. And thank you to all of you who are already supporting us. Yeah. And if you're the kind of person who really likes when podcast hosts go on completely unrelated diversions, we put all of that in our Patreon cuts. So that's what you want to hear. We, we have it for you. <laughs> we sure do. Um, yeah. And then, you know, please leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't yet. And tell everyone you know about us, even if you have already, actually. Just keep doing it until they listen. All right. And now, Jesse, will you please tell us what we're talking about today? Uh, we're talking about episode two of season two, Red Flags, which we find out is the name of Zheng Xiao's ship. <laughs> So aboard the Red Flag, uh, Steed and his crew are acclimating to a new captain. And surprise, Lucius is here. He is alive. Yay. Uh, he's, also, Yay. he's also very different because, you know, trauma from being jumped into the ocean. Uh, he's very angry at Steed, which legit. But Steed gives Lucius some good advice about how not to fuck it up with Pete. Example, himself and Ed. <laughs> uh, also, Olawande and Zhang Xiao have a continue their flirtation which is very cute. Unfortunately, in the revenge, it's less cute. Uh, Ed has cried himself out and appears to be very calm, but that is that. But that is actually pretty bad because he has made a decision that will affect the whole crew, which is to first try to goad Izzy into shooting him, which fails, uh, and then that doesn't work. He steers the entire ship into a storm, breaks the steering wheel. And forces Jim and Archie to fight to the death, which of course pushes everyone already on edge to mutiny and kill and kill Ed, which is exactly what he wanted. I guess I should put kill in quotation marks. Maim, I guess. Almost kill, perhaps. Don't we leave it on a cliffhanger? Yeah. As far as we know, he's dead, so. Yeah. Anyway. All right, and now we are going to start things off with Talk It Through as a crew, where we talk about everything that doesn't go anywhere else. <laughs> okay <laughs> my first thing is l only whatever okay so you know in buffy <laughs> season three when angel gonna keep it loose for anyone who's like don't spoil buffy for me someday i'll watch it and then listen to we are the gayers <laughs> angel is recovering from something and he is doing tai chi and buffy walks in on him doing tai chi and she goes i didn't know you could do that which is the weirdest, what, why? Yeah. And so every time, every <laughs> time I see anyone doing Tai Chi ever, like either me or Evan will beat the other to it and go, I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> and so like, <laughs> I out loud to my living room just whispered that when that we get to the scene of everyone doing Tai Chi together on the show. But I also feel like, actually also applies because I feel like Buttons is like, He's doing a great job. I'm like, this is not your first time, my dude. <laughs> Buttons. I didn't know you could do that. <laughs> uh, 
<sighs> Buttons is full of surprises, you know? I know. What a, yeah. I can't wait to talk about that later in this episode. But um, my first thing is, I feel like I don't remember if this is a thing that we texted about or if it was in Pirate Spice Latte, uh, which is just when... I don't remember if it's Auntie or if it's uh, Zugshaw who's like, you guys are like not like regular dudes. It's like you're, and they're like tender and she's like soft. And then it's like faggots. That's faggotry. That's yeah. what, that is <laughs> yeah. what she is trying to say. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> and it's just, uh, it's, still so, it's still so great. It really is. No, literally my next note is also, is his energy, you know, soft. <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> Oh, I know. I feel like, do we have a conversation about if which of the emoji is the most, like, limperist? And I just, <sighs> sad that we don't really have one. I know, yeah, someday we will, surely, or we'll all collectively agree on one that is the stand-in. Yeah. And we're old, maybe there is one. Yeah, know? I'm about to say, maybe it's the, like, hand fingernail painting, but I feel like that's something else now, so. I don't know, if you're, like younger than 30 please let us know what that is <laughs> <laughs> okay um yeah so that was my next one also and i only have three things so i think you should go again uh, all right um i love when everyone's getting their ship assignment and like we john is like what is it like tailoring or clothing or mending he's just like he's like a little like fist pump yes and i'm just yeah it makes me so happy. And bonus, I found out today doing some research for this app slash this season that I guess the bit where we John in like the very first episode of season one is like, oh, yeah, I used to do like make dresses with my mom was ad libbed because apparently that actor's mom used to help sew him dresses for his drag show. And I'm like, oh, I love everything about this. <laughs> That's so sweet. I know. I know. So I'm I'm glad I had this point, and then I was like, oh, I can't not say that in the today's episode. That makes me so happy. I oh, I love that. <sighs> yeah, my last thing here is that I just appreciate this bizarre aside that like implies that. Auntie invented the Dewey Decimal System in the 1700s. Oh my god, I, yes. <laughs> I I love this because actually my last thing was going to be Olawande sorting the scrolls by weight just made me die a little bit inside. I'm like, oh no, you have many strengths, Olawande. This is not one of them. Um, granted, maybe they're all in Chinese, which would also account for why it's just like, I'm sorry, then my weight. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, that's not how you sort things. No, it's kind of like sorting a bookshelf by color. You're like, it looks nice, but how do you find anything? I feel like every time me and Nicole watch a like house tour video and someone has their bookshelf by color and we both are just like, ugh. <laughs> like it is, uh-huh. it is like attractive, but then I'm like, you, how are you literally going to find anything? Like if my books aren't organized by roughly by subject, I have no idea where anything is. Yeah, totally. Same. Um, all right. Do you have anything else here? Just the extreme hashtag mood of Olawande repeating China over and over again. So he doesn't mispronounce it because he's like, I've never heard of this word before in my life. I am trying to 
remember how to say it correctly. And I'm mm. like, oh, I do that all the time and still fail at <laughs> pronouncing words. Uh, listeners, the amount of time I spend before an episode trying to make sure I'm saying a name or a word correctly is... You'd be surprised how much, and then I still say it incorrectly on the podcast. <sighs> it, you know what? It's fine, though. Welcome to Brigade of Imbeciles, where we talk about character development. Uh, I have Steed and Buttons here. Where do you want to start? Let's start with Steed. Yeah, this episode starts with Steve just laying there thinking about his mistakes, his missed opportunities, having a very relatable moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why it's extra nice that when we, when Steve is like giving Lucius advice to like, don't be like me and Ed, it's like, oh, you've actually spent some time reflecting about what went wrong. And that is actually, look at that character growth, Steed. Good job. Yeah. Yeah, he's sort of, uh, we really see Steed in a lot of different places in this episode, I feel like, because he, right, he's like, giving good advice. And then he's like, also, he's like, Lucius, talk to me, I will listen. And then he's like, ew, stop telling me all of this. And you're like, Steve, yeah. you fucker. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, he's, he's trying. He's, he's, st- he's still trying. He doesn't always succeed. <laughs> Yeah, growth doesn't happen overnight, as as they say. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about we meet up with Lucius again this episode. Much to yeah, everyone. Gotta keep the trauma in the trauma section, though. Oh, I was actually going to talk about Pete and Lucius's reunion is super cute, and also kind of we get a little bit of a role of a role reversal where. You know, Lucius has a bit of a harder edge than he had in season one. And Pete's a little bit like, I don't know if I can hear about all the fun shit that happened to you because I care for you so much. And I like way that feels like I like a little bit of a just a bit of a rollover stuff from like last season where maybe Pete would have been like, I mean, he probably still would have been like, no, they hurt you so badly. I don't want to hear it. But I don't know. It's just like, I don't know if, I don't know if cute is the word, but like, I don't know. Touching. Touching. That, yeah. So, and just like, I don't know, Pete also being very kind <laughs> when he's like, you have impeccable balance. I was like, I'm like, I'm like, oh, Pete, you just. That's such a funny line. <laughs> that doesn't sound like you, babe. You have impeccable balance. It's like, and I think what I love about it is because it is such a weird line, but I'm like, it feels also kind of like realistic where it's like. No, that's weird. Like you, you do have impeccable balance. So, and like a thing that he would have noticed his like partner living on a ship, you know, that he would have noticed about Lucius. I don't know. It's just, yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. And I mean, Lucius walks around like uh, writing and walking at the same time a lot, which is actually something that you on a moving ship probably do actually need impeccable balance to be able to achieve. So yeah. And have anything that you write be legible. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Buttons in this episode is informed that he is a sea witch reincarnated or manifested or something. And it seems like at first he's a little bit like, uh, like, maybe, I don't know. Like, I like that his response is like, best not to assume that anyone knows anything. Like, what a great answer. 
But then Buttons, who cannot read canonically, opens this spell and 100% knows what it says. And I think in that moment, Buttons is like, I am a sea witch reincarnated. Like it's awoken from within him. Yeah, I I mean, the vindication of a noble sea witch Buttons is, I mean, one of the few bits of vindication I get this season where it's like, yes, a thing that I wanted happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, it's such a good, it's such a good moment. <laughs> the fact that he like unfolds it like it's a sexy centerfold never fails to make me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Um, do you have anything or anyone else here? Uh, yeah, <clears throat> just that since we are on Zheng Xiao's ship, we get to see a little bit of her captaining, which is, you know, surprisingly soft for a pirate captain. Like, you know, everyone's working hard, but everyone gets to like eat delicious soup and wear what looks like a very comfortable slash practical outfit for being in the Caribbean. And, you know, no one's being threatened with being murdered. So, yeah, it seems great. It seems uh, definitely like a ship that's being run with solid ideas about what uh, inspires productivity in workers. Yeah. Like being cared for and well-rested and well-fed and happy. So. I know. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> I'm kind of like, I work on your ship. This, is, this looks great. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> welcome to do you fancy a fine fabric where we talk about aesthetics and remember we do an image roundup for every episode so if you want to look at what we're talking about while we're talking about it there's a link in the show notes or you can just go to hashtag ruthless.com slash the gay pirate podcast and you will find it um okay once again i only have two things here the first is, God damn it, Ed's hair is so pretty in this scene. Oh my God, it looks so good. It's so pretty. The scene, everyone, is when he, it's like the morning after he's like cried it out and he's like, no more drugs, no more booze. I'm going to get my shit together. And he's got this like, it's not a bun, but it's like his hair is like pinned all up like loosely in the back. And there's these like loose bits in the front and it just is so gorgeous i mean that along with his uh clean looking uh short beard is just like a plus yeah um i have to say which maybe this is your other thing but also his one fucking dangly earring yeah i just kept staring at him like oh it's so i don't even know what it is but it's so fucking good (laughs) uh yeah it's lovely Mm mm-hmm um, no, my other thing is actually that we get more of Frenchie's coat in this episode. I don't think we saw the back in the last one. And it has like a, I don't I actually couldn't see close enough. I'll see it when I get the screenshots, but like some sort of design on the back. It's like gold and shiny. It's, I I want that coat right <laughs> now. I want it so badly. You know, I was also trying to see what was in the back of his coat. Because yeah, this is the kind of, these are this is the episode where we get scenes where we kind of see his back. I I was like, it seems like maybe cut out of something else and like sewn on, but yeah, I can't tell either. Uh, I cannot wait to look at the screenshot and so we can see what it is. 
Yeah, Frenchie's entire aesthetic is giving, like, New Orleans, you know, like, the New Orleans punks that, like, have, like, Mardi Gras parades and play trombone. Like, it's a very specific kind of punk that doesn't exist anywhere else in the country. But, like, Frenchie could just go, like, pick up a trombone on a street corner and start playing with them, and no one would be like, who's this guy? They'd be like, you've always been here. Like, clearly you belong here. That's his aesthetic right now. Okay, this is actually, I feel like I'm going to bring this up now. I have been thinking about it, and I actually, in my mind, I'm like, Frenchie's probably from New Orleans. Like, he is not French. And I'm like, like, timeline-wise, I'm like, it would make sense for him to know French. And I'm like, New Orleans. Like, he's a musician. He's like, has some kind of enslavement in his background that he's ditched. And I'm like... New Orleans is a, is a, is the oldest fuck city, so I'm like, and I feel like this outfit. I'm like, yes. That, I mean, <laughs> you saying this, I'm like, yes. Had canon accepted. All right, and yes, I know that the accent is off, but I mean, we're hand ribbing so many things in this show. So oh whatever. yeah, <laughs> no one cares. <laughs> no one cares. Blackbeard <laughs> is from New Zealand. Like, we're not worrying about these things. Mm-hmm. You have anything else here? Yes, just that the. Outfits on the red flags, I find deeply, they're very, they're very cute. I think everyone is, is slightly different. I have to probably get a screenshot of them all together, but I feel like they have different little embellishments, I think. But I don't know, they're like, it's this nice blue color. I don't know. It's not filthy like everyone else's outfits have been. I'm just like, this seems great. Yeah, they're, they're very cozy looking. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Stark Revelations, where we talk about things that are fucked up. There's a lot that I hate about this episode. All right, let's start there. I, well, I don't like gross stuff. There's a lot of gross stuff in this episode. So like, you know, everything about like Izzy and his rotting leg can just like, yeah, absolutely not. I never, I never wanted it in my brain, you know, and I don't appreciate it. It's a, it's pretty gross. It's, yeah, I do agree that it is overly gross for this show. Where I'm like, y'all could have saved $300 and not had make this scene that gross. Yep. <laughs> I feel like my only two things are about Lucius's trauma and about Ed's suicide ideation to enacting his suicide ideation. So, like, yeah. Yeah, we see Ed. Crying his eyes out on the floor, which, I mean, we've all been there. And, I don't know, throwing out his Ed and Steed proxy cake toppers out of the window, which, pretty crushing. But then he's just, like, trying to get other people to murder him this entire day. And I'm like, "Mm, not great. (laughs) No. Uh, I mean, none of this is great. But, like, first, like, trying to make Izzy murder you. And it's like, dude, Izzy is... Whatever kind of love you want to say Izzy has for Ed, he does. And it's just like that that was not gonna happen, even after you shot him in the leg and his and it was gross. Like, did you really think that was gonna work? But and then I guess trying to force the crew into a mutiny or slash getting them all murdered by breaking the wheel of the ship, which what the fuck? Yeah. Um yeah. I mean, it's a bad look. It's, I mean, obviously he's going through something, but I'm like, this is not the way, my dude. 
Yeah, I feel like the conversation that Steed and Lucius have where Lucius is like, you need to like actually look at that list of things instead of just trying to figure out where Ed is or whatever. I don't love that Lucius's conclusion is like some people are just like too broken because I think that that's like not the point. I feel like, and obviously the show isn't saying that it's the point, but it's sort of like sometimes people don't act even remotely appropriately when they've been hurt. Like, is Ed too broken? No, there's no such thing. But like, it is very important for Steed to look at this and be like, I did something bad, but in no way is this response proportionate to anything. Like, yeah, you know. And I, I do feel like Lucius saying that to Steed is also part of all of the trauma that Lucius is still processing slash hasn't processed about what the like just immense harm that Ed has done to his life, you know? Yeah. So, so it's not like Lucius is a very, he's a little more skin in the game about like, you know, how much, how much he dislikes. Oh yeah. I don't hold it against him for saying that. Like I, I 100% understand where he's coming from in saying it. Which maybe we can use to transition to Lucius. Yeah. I mean, I feel like his rage is deeply understandable. It sounds like he had a deeply fucked up time that thankfully we don't get to see, I think. But yeah, my poor baby. Yeah. So (laughs) I feel like my response to to Lucius on the show makes me understand what like people who like PETA in the Hunger Games went through when book three came out. So I remember like reading book three at the same time as one of my friends and her like coming over one day and being like, can you believe what they did to PETA? But I like have, I don't, I like negative care about PETA. And so I was like, what are you talking about? Like nothing. I had like no emotional reaction to what they did to PETA. But now I'm like, I can hear her in my head. When I think, I'm like, can you believe what they did to Lucius? Like, I am so outraged. I hate it with my entire being. I will never forgive the show for having so many excellent options for what Lucius could have been doing and being like, this is what we're going with. Yeah. 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 And I mean, I think it's also frustrating because... I don't think they had to go this hard on like how many fucked up pirate ships uh, Lucius had been on. Like it could have just been a normal amount of fucked up and not a like, oh, you're like living in like a pirate horror movie for a while and not just, I don't know. I want to say bad wacky hijinks and I'm like, that's really not what I'm trying to say, but I'm just, I don't know. It feels like a lot. Yeah. I, I, I think it's super inappropriate. Like, this isn't, this wasn't this kind of show. And I don't understand the choice because I don't think it matters. Like, I don't think this gives anything to this season that it wouldn't have otherwise. Like, we could still have Lucius and Pete having this beautiful relationship. They could still get married. It could all be great. Like, I don't, I don't know what this is serving aside maybe from like, the point being to present Steed with like, look at what Ed has done wrong. And I like really don't love having one of the like Muppets that we've become emotionally attached to being used as like 
proxy to send someone else a message. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I just think it's bad writing. I don't like it at all. So yeah, it is not, not, not a choice I would have made. Not a great choice. Um, yeah. I mean, even if it would have been like, it would be traumatic to be shoved up to the ship and like, not know if you're going to live and die in the ocean. So yeah, I don't know. Yep. So cool. Yeah. Right, do you have anything else? I mean, no. I mean, cool. it's t- so many fucked up things happen in this episode. It's like, but no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Welcome to the art of fuckery, where we rant about stuff. Yeah, my only thing here, which I am trying everyone so hard to like try to like take as many good notes as I can and try to not spend a ton of time in these episodes talking about the reasons that I don't like this season. But I do think it needs to be said. I just wrote, ah, yes, the Olawande and Jim moving on episode that no one wanted. (laughs) You know, I know. And it's uh, okay. Actually, I'm glad I'm glad that you brought this up because I am definitely here for both Jim and Olawande to live their best polyamorous life totally here for it you know i do th- i feel like the ola wande and uh zhang Shao relationship is pretty it's pretty cute you know i feel a little bit more lukewarm on the jim archie thing because i'm just like we don't actually know you as a character archie so it's just kind of like it's just sort of like the like all right you, you've you've gone through some like fucked up shit so like now you're making out okay like whatever but i feel it's very, very lukewarm about the whole thing. And yeah, I mean, and especially to get sort of these flashbacks from season one of like Jim and Olawande, which is like, I was rooting for so hard. <laughs> everyone was. And just like, what what are we doing, everyone? You know? Yeah. It just doesn't feel as organic, I guess, as... The Jim and Olawande romance, and we can definitely talk about that once everyone meets up again and how that kind of plays out, but... Which I haven't even seen yet. I should probably watch the last three episodes of this <laughs> season at some point. I mean, I don't know. Honestly, at this point, maybe you should just wait until you get to get to that to record those episodes, and it can just be a, like... I don't no, know. Evan's been asking to watch them, so I think we're, I think we're going to probably this week. Either that, or we'll just keep watching the three Doctor Who 60th anniversary specials <laughs> on a loop. You know, one or the other. <laughs> uh, As everyone knows, I'm a big fan of TV that I know won't let me down. So, yeah, very, very fair. <laughs> Welcome to The Crystals Attract Demons, where we talk about science and history and stuff. Actually, yes, I have some that's both history, science-y stuff, um, which is, so, we have a scene where Izzy uses a gun and it doesn't work. It backfires. It misfires. Um, this is actually accurate to flint locks, which is like a bunch of like old-timey guns. Uh, you have to like load it with powder and like some kind of bullet and like, you know, tamper it down. And just because of how fiddly that whole process is, uh, flintlock pistols backfire all the time. 
like the accuracy of them was just touch and go, <laughs> so to speak. So this isn't just uh, hand wavy show stuff. This is actually, as I'm sure if you're a weird historical reenactment of like using old timey guns, it's just like just not super reliable, which is honestly how guns should be. <laughs> Perfectly honest. Totally. If you're going to have them, have them not work half of the time. Welcome to Petrified Orange, where we both talk about our new favorite things. My Petrified Orange this week, honestly, is Button saying, yes, queen. Oh my God. <laughs> so, so good. It's so, it's so funny. It is. I didn't be like, wait, she's a queen. Uh, yeah, the whole thing is just so, <laughs> so silly. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually I have, actually have two, if that's all right. Great, go for it. Number one, we get another hidden room on the revenge, which I feel like I had called in season one, not maybe in the way I thought it would be used, but is there <laughs> like so much room on the ship? How much of it is hidden rooms? At least we know one more. And... My obvious favorite, which is Roach's near religious experience eating that delicious bowl of soup. I'm like, I want to eat that soup. <laughs> yeah, so badly. I'm like, I'm like, what kind of soup is it? Tell me more. I mean, I don't know. If it's got like some homemade noodles, some handmade noodles and like a delicious stock that's just been cooking continuously for like like three weeks, I'm sure it's like delicious. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Ugh. <laughs> uh, <sighs> Lovely. All right. Yeah, thank you all so much for listening. Um, Don't forget that we make a bunch of other podcasts that you should check out. Everything is in the show notes. And until next time. Farewell, Bonnets Playthings.